This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to talk over a mixed week at Manchester United. If you're watching live... Please like and subscribe. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and comments in. And if you're watching the replay, do say hello. Feel free to comment. We do reply to those. If you're listening back on the audio podcast as well, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening on. Um, Paul, it's a funny week this week at United. Um, You know, there are two results that we're going to be talking about. Um, Real Sociedad and Aston Villa. One looks like a loss, and, well, one felt like a loss, even though we won. Lost Paul's screen for a minute. I'm sure Paul. Yeah, I'm just trying to fight it. Got it, got it back. <laughs> um, he's back, don't worry. We had a, a black hole in in Bulls, um, area rest. He's back. Um, so yeah, two, we, uh, two games we're going to talk about. Both felt like losses. Either. One definitely was a loss, and one was a win that felt like a loss. So, we'll talk about Real Sociedad first. Um, a bit of a weird one because he made a couple of bold selections from the start. Tenog, he put in Van der Beek, and he put in Garnacho. Um, one worked, one didn't. Then he made all the changes, which seemed terribly rushed. Um, even before the half hour mark, he brings on McTominay and moves to a back three, which um, automatically lost all control of the game. You know, we had control. We one was to pick. Um, it felt like panic. And after that moment, 1-1-0. One, one, um, barely scraped through with that. It's a difficult one, Paul. I don't really know how to how to analyse this. And I've gone over it a couple of times because we weren't in any danger of ever going backwards and, and sort of losing the game. In the or, or losing our position, we were never going to be worse than where we were when we started. So was it worth the gamble that early on? I just I just don't know what to make of it. It, it feels a little bit needless for me. It's the first time I've actually genuinely questioned the manager's decision in the middle of a game. Uh, what did you make of the Sociedad game? I, I just wonder whether or not he'd done it just to find out a bit more what he can, what he has got and what he hasn't got and what he can do and what he can't do. 
in certain ways. Was was it was it that reason when he wanted to look at other players and try different things to find out more about individuals when he's playing them and what they can and can't do and and when certain players ain't on aren't on the pitch, are, you know, what are what are the other players like um for that reason? It it might not be, but if it was any reason like that, then he found out that he needs to he needs to be playing his best players and his best players all the time. And that's yeah. what it matters. And if those players play over forty games a season, you know, well, so be it. And playing over forty games a season, I don't think is a hardship really, as much as the way that everyone's been cloned to think that playing football is the toughest job in the world. It's it's not because you're meant to be playing it with a smile in the face and enjoying the fact of that you're supposed to be doing what you're doing what you love um, and well rewarded for it. So I think that's the way it has to be. Manchester United haven't got, they've got squad depth without a doubt and they've got a lot of players who have cost money, big money, good money, earning good money. But when it comes to quality, they're not Man City. They're not even really Liverpool um, other people might mention you look at them and you look at Arsenal's squad and you compare it to Manchester United. United should be at worst at the, on the same par as Arsenal when you look at what, what they've got squad wise because they're yeah. better than us. Their, their squad's better than Arsenal for what it's cost and what's there on paper, but it hasn't maybe got the same passion, desire, or um, desire everything that you need or ambition what you need to compete at the top. And certain players just are not doing it. And he's tried it and it hasn't worked. And I think he, he must know now that he can't, there's certain players he, he just, he can't believe in and use anymore. He he just can't use them. And I think that come out in that game. Um, and I think everyone's got their opinion now on what's going on because they've, they've seen majority of the players that they were calling for and asking him to try those players in this position. And I think he's, He's virtually done that way, and if he's, he's almost done that in a certain way, the way he's gone about it so far. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I mean, we'll talk about some of the players as we we go along on on the podcast. And that was a Sociedad game. We won one nil, um, but we are still subjected to the playoff, which is going to be um, decided today. So we'll find out who we're going to be playing. Probably Barcelona, knowing United's way of doing things. Uh, but we'll talk about the the game at Villa Park. Uh, if the Sociedad was a game that we felt like it was in our hands, the Villa Park game definitely was not. Uh, Paul, our last defeat there in the league was so long ago you played in it, um, <laughs> largely um, yesterday. I th- you know, we were talking about squad depth and everything like that, and we had this conversation last night, uh, you and I, just uh, very quickly talking about um, this exercising of the squad options that we've got. I mean, largely this season, we've... I think we've been very fair. We've, we were critical last season of a lot of the defeats and the character that was shown in some of those defeats. But we've sort of like, I think, when you get a new manager and you get, everyone's got a chance to sort of prove themselves. And we've been fair with, uh, you said last week on the show, you you know, Dallo, you were eating humble pie. I think we've both said the same kind of thing with Lindelof in the past, that he's come in and, and sort of done well. We've praised Shaw when he's improved. We've praised McTominay when he improved. We've praised Fernandez. I know he wasn't involved yesterday. So a lot of the players that we've been critical of because of their underperformance, we've also praised this season when they've done well. I just think the, the honest truth is that if most of the team 
if there'd been a complete change and all the players have been sold in the summer, nobody would really have been sad that a new a new squad was being used. So you have to praise um, the the fact that some of those players have stepped up because a lot of those a lot of the team were written off. Now the 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 difficulty comes in not necessarily just games like yesterday, but games like yesterday are possible with the squad that we've got, right, Paul? I mean, the ceiling for some of these players. Um, or they stepped up to be good players in a team that are chasing the top four, but they won't be starters in a team that challenge for the title. And that's that might sound like I'm being negative towards the players, but I'm, I'm not really. I think that's their ceiling, and I think that they've done well to get that far, considering that most of them we could have said were surplus to requirements three or four months ago. To now say that they're in the team, they're in the squad, and they're, they're actually putting a shift in, you know, you can't attribute yesterday's defeat to not putting a shift in. They just weren't good enough, which is concerning in itself. But I mean, that first half, the defensive performance, particularly the the first couple of goals, well, the, the free kick, all right, <coughs> it's a strike. You can't do anything about that. You can criticise the goalkeeper, you can criticise the wall, but in the pattern of play, it's a free kick it went in. The first goal, I mean... I don't even know. It was it was one of those where you look back to last season and you think it's exactly the kind of goal we were conceding last season. And it sort of fell apart from there, didn't it? It, it did. Um, just, it just didn't... It's one of those games where you think, yeah, they're, they're gonna, there's something about them. They're going to come out as Villa Park, a, a place where United generally go and there's a good atmosphere and there's always a buzz about the game. But there wasn't that usual buzz there, to be perfectly honest, especially from... United players, it was very flat. They started badly. Um, Martinez started very badly for him um, on two occasions. And where the goal come from was um, Bailey getting around the outside of him far too easy for the goal. The second opportunity, the second one, I'm surprised he didn't try and slide for the block. You could see the position that Bailey set himself. The only thing on for him was to strike. And that's where I thought Martinez, Martinez, I should say, sorry, was... Should have should have put his leg, got a leg out, put a leg out or slid, yeah, to try to try and block it. And he never he never done that. He didn't start right. He looked very um. He looked very say I was going to use the word angry, but he plays it. He looked very stern yesterday in everything he done. He was very over aggressive. Should have been booked. Got yeah. away. He got. I mean, it was the one that he done when he's thrown the elbow in on Bailey over the um just at the byline, just in front of the United fans. And it and it was, it was what it was. And he got away with that. And there's a few challenges where I thought Anthony Taylor has really kind of, don't know what's in there. He must have had a different chip in his head or something because he wasn't the same Anthony Taylor I've seen on numerous occasions booked for the sake of booking. So he got away with it yesterday. And he didn't look, he didn't look himself for some reason. Um, Dallow was um, not his usual self in that sense going forward defensively. Luke Shaw was almost back to how he was previous and through that bad spell, was, didn't want to run, um, didn't really want to defend, got, people got him behind him far too easy and the midfield had no energy. And I was doing the commentary again and I was saying, I thought it had to, it's blatantly obvious, but he had to make a half-time change. Yeah. One of them was so obvious, but it was never going to happen. But the one he should have put straight away, and I hate saying this, but you know I, I was there the same as a lot of United fans. 
you know, feeling really sorry for Van der Beek. I wanted him to be given a good run to prove himself. I've seen two games and now I'm saying I just don't want him to play anymore because I just don't want him to go through that misery because he's not enjoying himself. Very timid on two headers. I could use stronger words than that, but I call him two, two timid headers, which he just kind of went at them and a little bit more aggression and belief. They could have, they could have been opportunities, but um, he should have come off and Fred should have come on at half-time yeah. to, to add energy, a bit of bite, just to get around to show enthusiasm, somebody who enjoys playing when he gets the opportunity. And it needed that after half-time, after getting that fortunate break from the um, shot from Luke Shaw, which was going wide, to get that just before, when things are all for you, think, right, this needs a buck-up now. And every, I'm sure there's a lot of fans watching that going, Got to change it now. Has to do something on the back of that good fortune just before half time, and you suddenly look. Same players come out. You're on the pitch early. You think, okay, he goes out and speaks to him. You think, all right, he's getting his point across. He's getting in the heads again because he doesn't trust that they hold it in long enough. And then they go and start the second half worse than they started the first half, and it was terrible, terrible. The possession, the the slog of watching them pass the ball was was terrible. Every, everything was a slog. You think, so just knock it in a box. Put, us, put put me out of my misery. Just knock it in a box and hope that um, Tyrone Ty, Ty Mings is not going to head it again. But I hope someone else is going to head it different from him because no United player is going to head it. But just put it in the box because that slow, ponderous passing is opening yourself, opening up for a counter attack. And yeah. I literally, I literally said that, and within ten seconds, bang, it happens. It happens, and I couldn't. I could not believe what I what I was what, when that happened. It was absolutely incredible. It was everything that Manchester United have been bred on over the years, playing away from home, hitting teams when they do that, when they stopping them. So you get them to pass the ball for the sake of passing because you're not leaving them anywhere to go, mm-hmm. and then you hit them straight away on your counter with your big players, your your big players, your big game players. And you go and kill the game off away from home 3-1. And the home fans are thinking this could be five or six. And all of a sudden, it was roles reversed in the end. It's only because they haven't got the capabilities, Villa, to go on any further than what they really did. Otherwise, it could have been worse, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it was not um, great at all. And I think that's the, the thing, the disappointing thing, especially in the second half, was... You saw a lot of that reverting to, to what we saw last season, and uh, and it's so disappointing considering that some of these players have stood up in, in general, individually and collectively, they have stood up and they've, they've improved this season so far. But it was like one or two players' heads were dropping, it wasn't quite working, so seven or eight players' heads were dropping, and it's like, it's yeah. like that, but it always seems to do with this United side. and. I hope that that's one thing that Tenag looks at over the the next week. I mean, the thing is, Paul, with, you know what, I mean, we can argue whether or not he got it wrong with the selection again, especially Van der Beek playing. I mean, that's, like you said, he he just looks lost. Let's just touch on him a little bit more um, because people will um, be saying it should have been given more of a chance and I think... Maybe, maybe earlier on, the, the, you know, if he'd have been shown a little bit more faith and been given a little bit more game time. But at the same time, he's now been given game time under two or three. I, I think he was he was he given game time by Ragnick, but 
at least by two managers. And he's, it's the same quandary as Paul Pogba, isn't it? You know, like, what's his best position in midfield? And the midfielders are meant to be the most multi-talented, dynamic players that they can play in different positions. I remember back in the day, um, any midfielder in, in Fergie's team would be, they could play on the right, they could play on the left, they could often like moonlit uh, fullback as well. As centre-back sometimes, you know, they're meant to be the dynamic players who can play in different positions. And we've had, seem to have this problem, uh, I'm saying Pogba and Van der Beek are the two obvious ones, where you look at them and say, are they supposed to be midfielders? Where where is it exactly where they're supposed to play? Why are they so poor at holding the ball and actually bossing a game? And I I just look, it's difficult for him under Ten Hag. You would have presumed he's going to be getting more of a run. That hasn't happened. But if we're going to be fair, he's been at the club a couple of years and there hasn't been a good performance, really, a standout performance where you say, all right, he's, he's really shown that he needs to be in the team. No, but there hasn't been. I wish I could say something really positive, but I can't. And I was working with a um, an Evertonian yesterday, the commentator I was working with, and he said he'd done all right at Everton until he got injured. But my words to him was, well, doing all right for Everton, the levels that Everton were that, that season <laughs> doesn't really say a lot. And he just nodded his head at me and agreed with me, really. So I, d- I d- really don't know where to go. At this moment in time, um, all he'd done, really, in theory, that game yesterday just made a stronger case for Fernandes, really. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's what he'd done. And, um, and I get that, and I can understand that. He does bring uh, what was missing yesterday. He does make the midfield more vibrant. He adds more energy. He definitely adds the opportunity of more creativity because of the way he plays. Um, plays the game, which sometimes is, you think, so if you just need him to, to be a little bit more controlled and a little bit more reserved in what he's going to do and be more patient. But maybe he's the way he plays, you know, he plays the game very dynamic, um, in a dynamic fashion, I should say. And, and maybe if that was there, that might have added some kind of spark to what was going on. Mm. That he's, you know, I think myself, he's frustration. He's, show, you know, he's throwing his arms up and, that, that might have done anything could have done something someone throwing a firework on a pitch might have done something to 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 what was going on it was just so flat and and we've seen him two games on the bounce make substitutions one of them where he put manchester united back on their heels and then the one we saw against rio sociedad where he kind of took away everything that you know, that united had um even though it didn't cause any great problems in conceding, it caused a problem in scoring the second goal, which was really the motive of the whole, what you wanted. Everyone wanted to think they wanted the second goal. They didn't want the extra two games that are coming up now, which are tough to fit in. Um, But it just didn't didn't seem right. And Fred was the obvious one. You know, I've managed for a short space of time. I've been assistant manager for a short space of time down in level five, six. But for me, I mean, and I've never any, been anywhere near that or even claimed to, that I'd want to or, or I could do the job. But it was obvious to me that, you know, you needed legs out there. If you'd brought, Even if you'd brought out just, I don't know, anybody could just run around, that would have made an effort. That would have got Villa thinking what was going to happen next. Villa didn't have to think. You know, didn't have to think about what's going, what was going to happen next, Wayne. You know, on the right-hand side, Matty Cash had a problem 
with um, Ganacho. He had a problem, but Ganacho didn't have enough space to work in. He didn't have any space in behind to to go to go try and push and go beyond him. And, it, and the box was it was so condensed around the box, so he couldn't m- manipulate him in and out because if he went inside, he was stepping into players. On the other side, Marcus Rashford actually marked um, Dinya. He marked him. Yeah. He, he never he never ran away from him and at all. Um, now I, I think I said this before, and every time you know I make an add a bit more onto it. Marcus Rashford is. When Marcus Rashford scores a goal, I don't know if this is the media, but it has to be in the media. When he scores a goal, all they want to say is he's on the plane to England. I'm sorry, on the plane, going to play for England in a World Cup. Yeah. And like, when we see a performance like yesterday, they don't talk about him. No one's talking about England with him or anything. And that is the biggest problem. Marcus Rashford is only scoring goals. He's scoring goals. As we saw against West Ham, we've seen against Liverpool, we've seen against Arsenal's at, at the times that suit the people, um, the, to the media to throw him in there to put Gareth Southgate under more pressure. His performance yesterday was poor. He was never in the game, and I, I keep I'm saying this, and I, I must have said it before, but I say it to people when they come up because a lot of people keep watching the telly and they believe what they see and hear, and I always say to them, I say Marcus Rashford. Sometimes you have to tell a player the truth. You have to tell them the truth. And that happened to me. A manager told me the truth. Or sorry, an assistant manager when I arrived at QPR told me the truth about me, what he saw as me as a player. He told me my strengths. And then he told me what he thought was my weakness. And he said that in front of the, in front of the players. It was around. And, core, did it hurt? Did it hurt? Not because in that, in that way, because I didn't identify with a kind of you, 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 I didn't identify, but because of he said it in front of other people. Mm. And again, my way of dealing with that was I'm going to shove it straight back, you know, straight back at you, straight up you, really. That was my way. I didn't sulk about it, took it personally. And you can imagine the lads and things like that, but it's something I, I dealt with you know, back then when I was 23 years of age. And I think Marcus Rashford needs to be told his strengths and weaknesses. Marcus Rashford's great strength is that he's an incredible athlete. In today's football, you can say that and should not be taken personally because that's what the game is. If you're an athlete, they can make you a footballer. If you're a great footballer, but you're not a great athlete, they cannot make you a great athlete. Yeah. And generally, that's and generally that's what everyone looks at. Can you, if he's a good athlete, can you make him a footballer? First player comes to my mind, Theo Walcott. Comes to my yeah. mind straight away. So I'm looking at Marcus Rashford. So I'm so my first thing is to Marcus Rashford, if you play more than two touch, that third touch has to be a shot, or you got to pass it. Don't have any more. Yeah. When it comes to you playing, you're an instinctive player. One touch of control, deliver or or shoot. Yeah. Cross or shoot. Do not go beyond that. If there's more than if there's space behind and one player in front of you, push and run. If there's two players in front of you, your technique and your is not good enough to do that to go past people when you don't have to. Yeah. 
and that and that's what it boils down to. There's more you could add on to that, but he, I don't think anyone's telling him when he had that spell when he's scoring those goals and that time he had, everything was in behind. As we see in the goals he scored, everything is bang bang. It's not three four beating four and fives. He tries beating four or five people, doesn't come off. Yeah, but, but you've seen it, and 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 that's the and that's the way he is. But every and then and that's what he does. So I don't understand it. Why, why United play this slow build-up when you got someone like him? Ganacho is exactly the same. I think he's better technically than Marcus Rashford. He could beat two or three players quite comfortably on certain, quite and more often than Marcus Rashford. So if he's doing that, I would say there's more chance of an end product from it than him. And if it doesn't go his way, as we saw yesterday, when he gets beaten, someone takes off him, he'll fight to try and get the ball back. Marcus yeah. Rashford do, doesn't do that. He's just telling himself, "Unlucky. I've tried. It's all right. I'm playing. You know, I'm. Everyone's saying I'm going to be the England squad. It's all right. And that's yeah. and that's the and that's the way he's playing. And that's what footballers become now at this moment in time. Why? So Marcus Rashford needs to be told the same as Sancho needs to be told as well about his game and how he can get back to being the player which United over overpaid for from Dortmund. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, Sancho didn't play yesterday. We'll talk about that front line then. I want to do that. Ben has put a good comment in. Morning, Ben. I hope you're doing well. He said, when you scrape below the surface, the squad depth is poor, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that. But let's talk about the, the front line. Tenog, I mean, yes, he got the combination wrong for sure because they were seemed incompatible. But he does seem a little bit handcuffed with the front line, especially in terms of the, the injuries and analysis. You know, Sancho was ill. Anthony's got this knock. Um, Martial only just back from injury and I think rushed into the squad to give him the benefit of the doubt. He looked rusty yesterday when, when he did come on. The, the combination there, Rashford on the right, is, you know, if he'd have been played on the right for, for years, for like three or four years, because he, he does occasionally have a good cross on him, but if he's doing that in that position where he's always there, then that would have been developed. He doesn't always play there, so you don't have that in him. And like I said, the, you put a player out of position, especially when they're not, um, when the strength isn't in economising with the ball, then they are prone to be making too, taking too many touches that they don't need. Then you've got Ronaldo in the middle. I mean, kind of the decline is obvious at this point. And then a young rookie on the left-hand side, um, Garnacho, with a left-back who is so hit on the behind him that you know it's difficult for a young player like that to, to really he's he's only really got to concentrate on his own game and you can't you can't be lumbered with the responsibility of looking after Luke Shaw being out of position so nobody's going to criticize Garnacho for not tracking back in his first few games you're going to say you just want him to concentrate on doing the thing and he's, he's been one of the better uh, performers for United but that front line um is very difficult we've, we've already talked about Rashford I just want to Talk about Ronaldo, um, not so much in the performance. We know it was poor. Um, the captain say, uh, <laughs> I can only presume, Paul, it's for good behaviour. Um, <laughs> I'm being facetious there, if, uh, if it's not quite <laughs> obvious on the, for, for the listeners. Um, but they, they were talking about the other alternatives. I mean, we are obviously down the line. You know, Maguire's out of the side. Fernandez, it was the, the standing wasn't there, so Ronaldo's the next sort of senior player. I mean, the obvious alternative would have been De Gea, 
Um, I don't think there's any harm in De Gea captain in the side. Martinez was even mentioned as a, a um, potential candidate. I think, do you know, it's obviously a statement kind of thing, Ronaldo being the senior player, um, but I should have. Does it matter? Should it? I, I think he should have gone to De Gea. Does it really matter? It, it doesn't look great when he's the sort of. After everything that he's done this season and the fact that, you know, he, Tenog did take him out of the side for, for a game or two, he's back in, he's captain. It's not really a strong message of um, discipline, is it? It looks a little bit weak on it does. Um, I never really understood about captaincy until I come to Manchester United. Really, maybe I should have understood. Maybe understood it while I was with England, but I, I really got it. The importance of it when I turned up United and I saw, and I saw, you know, Robbo, and when I turned up, how how he was um, about him and what and what a captaincy was really about. And initially, I just thought it was just about running the team out on Saturday at three o'clock or a Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday night at 7.30 or 7.45. Did you see what I've done now? I, did, I said Saturday at three o'clock. That's what it was back in the day. And it was Tuesday and Wednesday, 7.30 or 7.45, not eight o'clock or 8.15. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but that's what I thought it was. And then you finish, you would go and sort out a few issues that there was with the players by after about getting people in. And things that's what I thought captaincy was about. I never realized that what a big onus there was you was on you with sorting things out for players. The players would come to you with problems, players would look at you and respect everything about you and ex- expect you to be the principal person about everything, about taking control of things off the park. And didn't, re- didn't really get all that until I joined Manchester United. So after all that, when you you seen the big Pete's being captain and what he achieved at Manchester, you think okay, Brucey, yep. Then you look at Keno, you think yep. And then you looked at you looked at Gary Neville, you went yep, okay. I looked at Ashley Young, I went nope. Um, and then I see what's going on now, obviously with. Harry Maguire and kind of going, no, didn't embed himself, wasn't embedded in a club long enough. And then the person who's embedded in a club more than anybody, and the only person in that, in that within the team, I think at this moment in time, who's won a Premier League for the team, um, for Manchester United, if that's correct, mm. but I don't think there's anybody else, is David De Gea. I did read that Ten Hag talked about a goalkeeper being his captain. Well, sorry, it was only for one game. Fernandes is back, if anything, for the next game. But it's one game, and it was just to, you know, and if it's about for that one game, not not to allow somebody who left the, who left his workmates in the lurch at, at a big moment at that to, at that time, then it's got to be that person who you think shouldn't have the job. But maybe for ninety minutes isn't bad. So he walked away. Um, let's put it this way. If you're working in a factory and you're on a conveyor belt and to everyone to get there, to get to be able to feed their family, you have to finish off something and he decides that he's upset with someone at the top and he walks off and leaves them and they can't finish the job. There you are. You know, what happens then? And then when he decides to come back and all of a sudden he gets invited 
out for a cup of tea, you know, a cup of tea and a few biscuits with the bosses. Is that all right as well for them to see that? No, it's not. For him to lead the team out and go and have to go to battle, and especially when you start badly, you're looking for someone to, to boost you, to get you going, and you can look at him and go, yeah, he's not the person. So that, that was a poor start. And I said virtually something like that yesterday as well. And that was terrible on his part. And I think there'd be a lot of players there. And if there isn't a lot of players within that, the majority of those players who, who, who weren't thinking what, what I've just come out and said, that tells you how bad things are in football. They think it's okay just to accept that and not be bothered. And you yeah. should be bothered. You have to be bothered about a situation because when you talk about... Um, at the moment, I'm looking around and I'm seeing everybody want to put things out, all these great things about him. Look, he's doing this and look, he's doing that. The most important bit for him is for his teammates for, to be doing the right thing for them. Yeah. Because it's all public. And for him to be given captain and two weeks ago or so, and people are seeing him storm off down the tunnel, and then there'll be kids watching thinking, oh, right, okay. You know, and while he's doing all these other nice things and that, when it suits, but it, when it yeah. really matters, when it should suit to the people he works with day in, day out, you know, it doesn't make sense. And he was happy to accept that armband without thinking what he's done before. Now, yeah. that doesn't, you know, if he turned around and turned around and said, no, it's not, it shouldn't be me, then great. And there's a great story to talk about. But to take it on and, and then you watch the way he conducts himself on the pitch and as you said at the top of all this it's frustration with himself because he can't do it no more I get fed up with people people say to me about even myself and it's like me blowing my own trumpet say to me cool blimey Paul you haven't changed I go well yeah I've got no hair now and um, but you still look the same I kind of go well I've got an ego I, I, I don't want I can't afford to be can't afford to be fat at my height it looks silly so I kind of try and do my best by going, trying to go to the gym every single day if I can just get myself out of bed and things like that and just to go, go early. Because if I go later on in the day, I'm not going to go. So they go, cool. And I go, you enough look good. 58, you look absolutely incredible. And if I was to play a game against 58-year-olds, I think to myself, I could have a right go here. People 55 think, okay. But when Ronaldo comes up 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 against a half a half average footballer who's 17 to 27 to 28 yeah. they're going to be sharper they're going to be agile they're going to want to prove a point against him so generally it isn't going to work mm. it isn't going to work especially when you haven't when you're not in the same when you think about he's not a Teddy Sheringham when you think about him as a footballer, Teddy Sheringham, when he was playing, even up until he retired, he was a thinking player. That bit was sharp. Never put him in, put himself in vulnerable areas. And Teddy was a much better footballer at that age. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, much, much better. Ronaldo isn't, he's had to work hard to become a footballer. Teddy was born a footballer, grew up in the streets playing football. The majority of players in my area, we all played parks and we learned everything, improvisation, things, everything was off streets, natural ability, and it was built on, it was enhanced. Ronaldo was built into a footballer. And there's the difference as you get older, that you need that little bit. And he hasn't got it. 
So as great as a, he's got a six pack, a six pack is fantastic. Six pack doesn't make you a better footballer. And having a great body shape for your age and how you eat the right things doesn't make you a, doesn't make you a good footballer. As Harry Redknapp once said, a bowl of pasta is not going to win you a game of football. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. No, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's declined. It's not great to see. And the, the captaincy thing was, I mean, it's just all, all indicative of just like a week where, um, it's, for the first time, for the first time, I'm going to be fair. I'm not, I, I'm not jumping on the manager's back still heavily. Back him, I think he's doing a really good job. He's definitely allowed one or two bad decisions while he's sort of navigating the mire of of what the squad is, especially when he's got suspensions and injuries. I mean, it's not just, it's not just Fernandez being uh, suspended. Martial's been injured. Sancho's out injured. Anthony's injured. Um, Varane's injured. So there's a lot of... Different- yeah, there is a lot of injuries. Let me just say, Varane being injured, that's, a, that's an issue. Anthony being injured, that's an issue. The others that you mentioned are not really issues. Martial, I don't know if he really wants to play. Really don't know if he wants to play. He come off the bench, pulled his seat, should have been stronger there, taken off Ronaldo, put him there where, he, in the moment where he thinks Martial can be a strength to the team. Put him through the middle, even though you think the game's dead, try him there, just to, just to check, check out. First of all, does he want to do the job? Has he got an appetite to want to do the job there, Martial? No, he doesn't. He puts him in an, a number 10 role where it's not going to work there. Unless he's playing in that role as a second forward and he drops off, and then you think to yourself, okay. And then you then you talk about Sancho, hasn't done it. Him being out ill or not being that way doesn't make a difference at this moment in time. So it, all it does, it allows him, Sancho being out, it allows him to bring in a younger player, someone who wants to prove a point on that bench. No, yeah, I get, what I mean is um, the difference is like you're bringing on an Alanga who is just the standard's not there. And that, there, there are complications in terms of like how he would constructs that forward line and you're dead right in all that and, and it, it, I think the curious thing to me is that he, he makes a gamble on, on Thursday night where he puts Maguire on the left wing and up front for, for 10 minutes but he doesn't make, like you said he puts uh, Martial at, at number 10, just play the 4-4-2 at that point, he, we're two goals down there's not, um, you know, change change the system, try something different like you did on Thursday night, that's the time for the gamble we're two goals behind Um so, but it does lead into. So, I'll talk about the. We'll talk about the next games in a moment, then, because it leads into that. Into it's kind of convenient in a way that Villa are the next opponent. We're playing them in the League Cup. It, there's two games left before the World Cup, so one of these is in a competition, uh, a cup competition, and one's in the league. And you might say, "Oh, the League Cup. Well, it's just a cup competition that we, we don't need." But he does need it now. Doesn't he? Like he can't. You're not going to be able to take anything for granted. Um, no competition. And to be fair, I don't think he has done. He's, he's played a very strong side in all of the games in which he's played so far. It's his first League Cup game. He might make one or two changes in there, but the pressure's on him now. I, I'm not saying the pressure's on. He's got to make a right decision, but because he's made a couple of bad decisions in his selection, he's got to get it right with this. He's got to send a message. It's got to be a message from the team, but also from Tenog as well, hasn't it? On 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 the League Cup game against Villa. Yeah, I mean he has to. He's got he's got to do it. And whatever's left, the game's left. 
there's no point in talking about thinking about resting people or anything like that. <laughs> got to play the games and got to win both of them. Has to win the League Cup game. <clears throat> you know, definitely has to win the League Cup game. And as much as some of these players thought, oh, they might have time off. But the ones that the important ones, you can't you can't leave them out. You can leave Ronaldo out. Martial can Martial can start the game because it's pointless. That's a, it's a pointless exercise. Um, try, doing doing what he's trying to do with that situation, and just and go for it and try and win the try and win the game. He has to start that game, maybe like Villa started the game and go and score an early goal, yeah. just to get the fans on side because the fans are going to be turned up a lot of them, um, um, and they're going to and they're going to be waiting there for something just that that moment that lapse that kind of negativity that poor you know giving away the ball cheaply and it's going to turn it into a not a good toxic maybe a semi-toxic um atmosphere that's what that's what it could do after what's happened at the weekend and even that Sociedad game in a certain way even though they won it people are still off the back of that so it needs to improve and then to go in the final game of the season against Fulham well where you know Fulham is going to be such a tough game. A really... They've been so good, haven't they? Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be a really, really tough game, that one. So he needs, again, the right players on that pitch. And he needs to prepare them. He needs to get in the heads. And it's no point, oh, have a rest. We've got a big game at the weekend. Forget about that. Because a lot of them are not, you know, a lot of them are still going to be around and, you know, so and the most important thing is the game for Manchester United. That's the most yeah. important thing is to get as many points before and, and three points is needed at the at the weekend. Fulham are going to want to end their their first half of the season with a win because that would make it a great start to a I mean a fantastic start to the Premier League season for Fulham if they can finish it with an extra three points in the bag and getting those three points by beating Manchester United. The Fulham fans. Would call, that's them winning the league if they go and do that. The way they started and finished off beating Manchester United, you know that's, you know that is it. That that's that's the way they are. That's what they're thinking about that game. So yeah. it's really important for him to to get this next bit right. Yeah, um, Mitrovic has been in outstanding form as well. Um, the kind of striker who's going to relish going up against Lindelof, <coughs> isn't he? He's going to look at him and say, "I want you for breakfast, mate." Yeah, man, but he didn't play at the weekend, so I just wonder. I just wonder where he is at this moment in time. Was the manager looking at something different? I don't know. <clears throat> Be interesting if he's there. But yeah, you are right about that. But when you play up, up against someone like Mitrovic, if you want, if you if if the answer is to be aggressive with him, <laughs> if the, if if you think the answer is to be aggressive with him, then then you're not really the cleverest person in the world in the world if you do that. You have to be. You have to box clever with him. You have to play with that and nick it off his nick it off his toe. Play in front of him. Don't let him turn. When you get in the box of him, you don't let him jump. You don't necessarily have to win the ball in the box, but you just try and make it as difficult as possible for him. So it'd be interesting if the player that he is, he'll try and go up against Lindelof. Um, if if um, Ten Hag was to think. Oh, I bring back Harry um, Harry Maguire for this one because I can put him up against Mitrovic. Then that doesn't make any difference at all because Harry Maguire can only play one way, and he can try and win the ball maybe too much, and Mitrovic would be too clever for him. That's yeah. what he's all about. And so, it's, it 
this is such it's such it's ridiculous really that I'm saying this. I don't think a lot of people think I am, but Fulham is is a serious, serious tough game. It's not what they need as their next game in the Premier League is going away to Fulham because it'll be as packed house as it can be, even though not all the stand is open at this new stand is open at this more at this moment in time. But pre pre Christmas and their last game, it is it is gonna be a battle. Yeah, two massive, massive um, tests for United and, and for Tenog. You know, he's got some questions to answer and hopefully he'll um, provide the, the right answers. We will be back next week to talk about those answers for sure. Um, if you've enjoyed the pod, please give us um, a like and subscribe on um, YouTube and other video platforms. And if you've listened back on the video <coughs> podcast, please subscribe and um, give us a review on the platform you're listening on. We'll be back to talk about the the games against Villa and Fulham. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Take care and we'll see you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.